Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, called The Day of the Lord. Years ago, uh, a gentleman tried to break into our home. He uh, he pulled something out of my shed and he tried to jimmy open a French door we have on the side of the house. And my neighbor was watching from across the street. And thankfully, uh, before he got in, the police arrived and uh, they caught him. But he was knocking on doors in the neighborhood, acting like he was looking for work. And when he found a door where nobody answered, that's when he tried to break into the house. And the second coming of Jesus Christ is going to be like a thief in the night. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to be like a thief only for those who don't know the Lord. And let me show you a parallel text. It's in uh, 2 Peter. So it's going to be all the way towards the back of your New Testament, 2 Peter. We're going to look at chapter 3 together. So several New Testament authors also deal with the day of the Lord or the return of Christ. And some of us are wondering, why has God taken so long to send Jesus to return? Amen? And there's times when we look at the world and we're like, Lord, isn't this a really good time? Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Would you come now? You ever had one of those days, weeks, months, years? 2020 stinks, Lord. Come Lord Jesus, right? And I feel you. But you know, if the Lord would have come in the first century when these uh, believers were living, ain't none of you going to be in the kingdom. And if the Lord would have come in the 70s, a lot of you would not be in the kingdom. And if the Lord would have come in the 90s, a lot of you would not have been in the kingdom. And some of you have just been saved in the last year or two, and you would have not been in the kingdom. And this is what Peter's going to talk about. Check it out. This is uh, 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, But is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Thank you, Lord, for waiting for me. But the day of the Lord, there's that phrase again. That's our title. 2 Peter 3.10 will come. Here's a repetition simile like a thief in which, here's what's going to happen. The heavens will pass away with a roar. The elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Now, Peter tells us that in the last days, verse 3, same chapter, that mockers will come in their, with their mocking, following after their own lust, and they'll be saying, verse 4, where is the promise of his parousia, of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, says Peter, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time, if you're wondering if God has ever intervened in world history, was destroyed being flooded with water, a cataclysmic worldwide flood. But by his word, by God's word, the present heavens, the one that we live under, and earth, the one we live on, are being reserved for what? For fire. Now, the first cataclysmic judgment came 
via water, this time by fire, and it's being kept for the day of judgment. Here's the day of the Lord and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. And then the verses we read. Now, we have an application in verse 11, and here's what it says. It says, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. So just another way to say the day of the Lord. Because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, what are we looking for, brethren? We're looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And so this idea of the day of the Lord is a day of God's wrath, this time not by water, but by fire. And the day of the Lord has been, if I can put it in human terms, delayed so that God can save as many people as he's determined to save. And that's in the counsel of God, and that's God's business. But we have had an interesting development happen in many of our lifetimes, if you turn back to 1 Thessalonians 5, and it is the return of Israel to the land. Because Israel is in the land, there are many uh, prophecies that connect with their return. Scholars of days gone by when Israel was not in the land did not think that this could happen, or they some, some people uh, went with a uh, spiritual interpretation or they tried to, you know, spiritualize uh, uh, Israel, meaning the church and so forth. But I'll tell you this, we have an interesting development just to keep your eye on, and that is that Israel is back in their land. And that's something that we need to look at and just keep our eye on. So the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And it's going to be a radical day. In fact, it's going to be a day of utter destruction. And there are two major views. Some people believe that the earth, the present heavens and earth, will be completely destroyed and new ones will be made. And others believe that there will be a renovation of the current heavens and earth that will be purged by fire. Remember, the water and the fire are both elements for purging. And so that's a, it's a minor point, whether they go out of existence and they're created brand new or they are renovated. But Romans chapter 8 teaches an important truth that the present heavens and earth will experience a resurrection that is very much congruent or in keeping with our own bodily resurrection. So there are many scholars that believe that when the resurrection and rapture happens, talked about in 1 Thessalonians 4, with that will happen a resurrection of the current heavens and earth. They'll be made new. They won't go out of existence, but they will get new form, if you will, or be made brand new and fresh. And if you want to read more on that, you can read Isaiah 65 and 66. Jesus said in Luke 12, 39 and 40, be sure of this, that the head of the house, if the head of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would have not allowed his house to be broken into. You too, be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not 
expect. Luke 12, 39 and 40. I remember when I was a younger believer and I was really wrestling with being consistent in my walk. And I found myself going back to some of my old sins, sadly. Uh, about the first four years of my Christian walk, I sadly went back to my old ways several times. And when I did, I remember having nights when I knew this truth and I was a little worried that I might get caught in my sin. Everybody know what I'm saying? That I was messing around and not walking seriously with the Lord and I didn't want to be caught by surprise or caught off guard. I wanted to be alert. And to use the language here, I didn't want to be, you know, under the influence of anything except the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 3 is going to give us some clarity about who this will hit as a thief in the night. It says in verse 3, while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like birth pangs or travail or labor pains upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Now, brethren, pay attention to the phrases here. It's they, them, and they. And you'll notice in verse 4, but you are the contrast to they or them. And so this particular people group that will be caught unawares, caught off guard, caught like a thief breaks into the house, is not the church. It's the people who don't know the Lord. In fact, we're told that they're going to have a mantra in those days. They're going to be saying something in those days. And here's what they'll repeat. And Leon Morris says they'll be saying it because of the present tense of the language right up to the second coming of the Lord. They'll be saying, peace and safety, peace and safety, peace and safety, peace and safety, right up to the time that sudden destruction comes upon them. And this has been uh, part of the history of Israel where they would have false prophets, and you can write down Jeremiah 6 for your notes. This is one place where you'll see this. Who would say to the people, peace, peace, when there was no peace. They would say, peace and safety, if you will. Everything's going to be okay. No judgment is coming. It'll be fine. And the false prophets whispered to the leadership of the nation of Israel and said, no, judgment isn't coming. And the prophets that told the truth to the leaders of the nation, they were sometimes banished. They tried to kill them. They tried to burn the word of God. They didn't want to hear it. But the prophets that whispered sweet little lies, Tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Peace and safety. Peace, peace, peace. God says, uh-uh. Don't you do that when there is no peace. And there were times when prophets were coming to the nation of Israel warning about the Assyrian invasion and the invasion of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian armies. And the people were lied to by the false prophets. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team invite you to Harvest Fest 2020. Harvest Fest is free and will be outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. This is an entertaining, fun, and safe way for your family to spend October 31st. You and the kids will enjoy fun activities like trunks of treats, find your way through a life-size maze, play games like the cakewalk, and of course, have a chance to fellowship with worship music. Again, bring your family and friends and come out and meet Pastor Michael at Harvest Fest, October 31st from 6 to 8.30 p.m. outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Call 844-48-TRUTH for information and directions. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH.
We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And the people were lied to by the false prophets. They believed the lie. And so it is important for us to know the Word of God. Now, I mentioned to you that there's eight different Old Testament prophets, at least, that deal with the day of the Lord. I'm going to show you one. It's in the book of Isaiah, chapter 13. And as you turn there, Isaiah chapter 13, let me just explain a little bit of the dual nature of this phrase. In prophecy, there's often what's called near-far fulfillment. There's a fulfillment of a prophecy in the immediate life of the prophet or the immediate future of that generation. And then there can be a far fulfillment. We can see this in Psalm 22, Isaiah 9. There's many different places we see this. This also applies to the day of the Lord. So there were day of the Lord's in embryo. Let me explain. There were times when the day of the Lord was mentioned in language and it happened in the immediate setting of the warning. And so it was a type of the day, a foreshadowing of the day, of the ultimate day. And one specific place I can think of is in the book of Joel where there's a locust invasion and it's described as the day of the Lord. And in the lifetime of those people, they experienced that locust invasion and it became a picture of the future day of the Lord. In fact, some of the language is picked up, picked up in the book of Revelation where there are locust-type creatures that go out and do some of the, the judgment or the wrath. And some of you have read that, and I think it's Isaiah, or, sorry, Revelation chapter 9. So there were day of the Lord's in embryo or uh, foreshadowings of the ultimate day. This is one example, and this is the destruction of Babylon. Verse 1, Isaiah 13, you'll notice it says, The oracle... Concerning Babylon, which Isaiah, the son of Amos saw. And then skip down to verse 6. Here's an example of the day of the Lord in the Old Testament. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, seven, all hands will fall limp. Every man's heart will melt. They will be terrified. Pains and anguish will take hold of them. They will ride like a woman in labor. There's our image of the labor pains. They will look at one another in astonishment, their faces aflame. Just write in your Bible, Indiana Jones, right there. Now, how many of you saw that great scene when the ark is there and the, the Germans are trying to, they want to open the ark and see what's inside before they take it to their Fuhrer? And all of a sudden, the power of God comes on that scene. And remember, people, their faces turn on fire and faces melt. It's great cinema, great movie making. Good. Get them, Lord. Anyway, sorry. And you say, well, where, where, did, where did that come from? Who, made, who wrote the movie? Yell out the name for me. Spielberg, who's a Jew, by the way. So he got, he got some of his stuff from the Bible. By the way, the Bible gives specific ways to deal with the ark and to not look upon the ark. When Indiana and his, his girl are there and he says, don't look at it, that's, that's Bible stuff there coming into movie making. 
And then you, you remember some of the enemies, they look upon the ark and, ah! oh, it's just wonderful, <laughs> wonderful stuff. Anyway, <laughs> you say, Pastor Michael, why'd you go there? Because you need to write that in your margin. It says, their faces will be aflame. <laughs> well, you can take that for what it's worth, whether you think it's literal or not. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel with fury and burning anger, to make the land a desolation. He will exterminate its sinners from it. Now look at this. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not flash forth their light. The sun will be dark when it rises. The moon will not shed its light. Thus I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will also put an end to the arrogance of the proud and abase the haughtiness of the ruthless. I will make a mortal, make mortal man scarcer than pure gold and mankind than the gold of Ophir. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will be shaken from its place at the fury of the Lord of hosts in the day of his burning anger. Now, if you turn back to 1 Thessalonians, one thing that we notice in a lot of these passages is something that's called a cosmic disturbance in the heavenly bodies, sun, moon, and stars. Some people believe this is a literal lights out. Some people believe it's metaphorical language. Back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But let me just say this to you, that I've heard some people argue, oh, well, the language that's being used of constellation and stars is just simply a metaphor for judgment. It's not literal. But wait a minute. When God was bringing plagues upon Egypt, the ninth plague was a literal plague of what? Darkness that lasted for three days. And it says it was a darkness that people could feel. Nobody even wanted to get up out of their house. But there was light in Goshen. And God brought the ninth plague, which, which was a plague of darkness for three days, followed by the day of the Lord, if you will, in embryo, or the Passover. So get this. This is just my view. As the Lord came in the first Passover, right after a plague of darkness, and judged Egypt, a type of the world, Anybody who didn't have the blood of the lamb on their door experienced judgment, and it was a literal darkness. So the second Passover, when the Lord returns again, seems to have these same components. Everybody with me? And it was literal for Egypt. It wasn't a metaphor. The darkness wasn't, you know, not something real. It was a real darkness. And so this language about the sun not shining and constellations going dark and so forth, I would say we, we should take that literally. Verse 4, 1 Thessalonians 5. So the world's going to be saying peace and safety, and they're going to be hit with labor pains. And I, I'm not sure that we connect this to what Jesus said about birth pangs in Mark 13 and Matthew 24. I think the image here is that when a woman gets hit with those labor pains, and it's like, ooh, the baby's coming, and there's no escaping the reality. <laughs> and all God's women said, amen. <laughs> Give me the shot, doc. I'll take it. <laughs> right? And so that's the image. It's like you're hit with it. Ooh. 
And then what's going to happen next is inescapable. The baby's coming. And here, the wrath is coming. That's what's being said. And the world would be saying, peace and safety. Everything's going to be fine. And destruction will come upon them suddenly. And they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, by contrast, that the day would overtake you like a thief. Now, here's the good news. This is a verse to Mark. I know there was a movie that came out, Thief in the Night and all this stuff, and it related to the rapture. And is there going to be a secret rapture where everybody, you know, all of a sudden it happens and people are caught unawares? I'll let you wrestle with that. There's good people that have different views on the rapture. But this day will not overtake you like a thief in the night. Everybody just read that. It's not going to happen like that for you. You're going to know. So there are some things then, even though we don't know dates and times, that we could look for that will be surrounding this day. You've been listening to The Day of the Lord, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, can you do us a solid? Can you follow us on Instagram or Twitter? We'd love to connect with you. We'd also love to give you a shout out in future programs. So DM us on Instagram or Twitter and let us know where you're listening from. So follow us and DM us at Walk in Truth Show. That's at Walk in Truth Show. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, one of the many prophets that deals with the topic of the day of the Lord says of the day of the Lord, it will be darkness and not light. And what is coming is a time of radical judgment. And one of the manifestations of that judgment, not to believers, but to the unbelieving Christ-rejecting world, will be darkness. And sometimes, you know, uh, maybe you're listening right now and you're not a Christian and you're thinking, so this God of love is going to rain down wrath one day? I mean, what's that all about? Well, here's what I would tell you. It amazes me that he's waited this long because the God of love is also a God of holiness and righteousness. You see, I know sometimes we like to talk about God's love and we should, but God is also holy and he's also just. And frankly, we want his justice when something is done wrong to us, but then we don't want it to be applied in maybe in other circumstances, or maybe we just simply don't understand it. But God's been holding back his wrath for quite a long time. And there's a day coming when he will pour out his wrath, but I'll tell you, he's going to give every possibility for the world to repent. And then he's going to come. He's going to come with all the angels and power and great glory. And the question on that, that day is going to be, do you know him? See, that's why this darkness is coming, because the world is filled with darkness, and people have chosen darkness instead of light, because their deeds are evil. God is going to judge evil, but if you don't want to be judged, trust in Jesus. Because when he died on the cross, the sky grew dark, really at noontime, and it was a sign that God was pouring his wrath on his son instead of us. And if you're in Jesus Christ, you don't have to face that day of darkness. You don't have to face a place that's described sadly as outer darkness, a place called hell. You don't want to be there. 
And God has taken radical measures so you don't have to be there. So you can be in the light and not in the darkness. So you can be transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into his wonderful, marvelous light. Well, speaking of light, we're going to have a Halloween alternative on what some would consider a dark night. It's October the 31st, Halloween night, but we're going to make it a harvest night, harvest fest. And we're doing a trunk and treat. We've got several members of the congregation decorating their cars in a cool, fun way. They're going to have candy. We're going to have a great big maze, a cakewalk. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know all the details, but cake sounds good. We're going to have music, fellowship, fun. Some people are going to dress up. Just make sure it's nothing dark. And it's going to be a wonderful night of fellowship, a time for family, a time to just enjoy one another and have a good time and thank the Lord for his light. It's Harvest Fest at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, 6 to 8.30 p.m. You can get driving directions. You can find out all you need to know when you go to walkintruth.com. Make your plans to join us, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply it to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please also consider becoming a monthly partner. Please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11, called The Day of the Lord. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.